Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? Uh, so, I'm at the Yankee game, and Kyrie just opted in, which makes most of today's show that we recorded a few hours ago um, obsolete. So we're still going to run it, because what else are we going to run? And you can hear my thoughts on what could possibly happen if Kyrie didn't opt in. Plus, we play a game that's fun. We talk some Draymond. There's some non-Kyrie stuff, but a lot of what we talked about uh, in today's pod is now moot, because Kyrie opted in. Okay, talk to you guys in a couple days. Yesterday, I had uh, lunch with Maverick. You know, Maverick owns part of Liverpool. And we had like a 15-minute discussion about European soccer that I was totally locked in on, (laughs) thanks to FIFA. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, Liverpool lost Mane. It's You know, he's great left wing, but they've got Diaz coming up behind him. What a freaking poser. How am I a poser? of fifa i know the players i know the teams i know who's good no fair enough because i'm gonna play a card very similar to that at some point what's that card? throughout my podcast career what what's the card no it's, it's you don't have to know the card but you think call of duty is gonna come up you're, <laughs> you're gonna talk about gun classes Welcome in another episode, What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show. Like, rate, subscribe, review. We continue on Sundays, our countdown of the 50 greatest players the last 50 years. We just came out with players 9 and 8, Shaquille O'Neal and Akeem Olajuwon. We actually debated that on the television show today. You know, one of the reasons we debated is because it's a great debate. The other reason we debated is not a lot going on in the old sports world right now, my friend, (laughs) which is one of the reasons why... Uh, Draymond Green is already in reruns, but we will discuss him, I assume, at some point during today's show. That is my son, Demonze, who is also the co-host of the show. We now have 16 minutes for the first segment. This is what we're doing. 16-minute A block, 10-minute B block, 4-minute C block. That's a tight 30-minute show in full, and I'm going to hit the clocks. Now that I have added, it was 10 minutes and 12 minutes. Now it's 16. Yeah. But before we even start the show, let's get to what we are not discussing on today's show. What did not make the cut for today's show is Arch Manning going to the Texas Longhorns, the Thunder drafting two different Jalen Williamses. What are the odds of that? And Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker splitting up. Oh, that could be big news for you, my friend, if she has a type. Now, let's get to the actual, (laughs) let's get to the actual show. Devontae, what are we starting with today? All right, man. Kyrie and the Nets are reportedly at a standstill as far as negotiations. 
Kyrie has a list of six teams that he would like to go to. Yeah. And the Lakers are on that list. Yeah. Is there a team that is a Kyrie Irving away from a championship? Yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, I, I, I feel Absolutely. like you are secretly praying that Kyrie goes to the Lakers. Well, it seems like it might be the best for all parties involved. <laughs> I now, did you see this? I, I'm sure I, I don't. I'm not trying to be rude. I, I'm guessing you didn't. It just came out a few hours ago. Okay. From Joe Varden in the Athletic, quote: "The Nets should not consider a trade with the Lakers." Unless it is Irving and Ben Simmons for Russ and Anthony Davis. Oh, who first proposed that trade a week ago? Your guy, Nick Wright. That was a real trade I made. And Colin Coward laughed at me. All these, Chris Mannix said, why do all of Nick Wright's trades just work out for LeBron? All these things. Now, all of a sudden, it's on the athletic Joe Varden is promoting. Yeah. And here's what I know. The Lakers need spacing. They need shooting. And they need somebody who is other than Anthony Davis, that still theoretically should be in their prime. Kyrie checks all those boxes. Now, the only way that they can easily get Kyrie is if he walks and plays for them for the mid-level exception, which is $6 million. That wouldn't sound plausible, except for it's Kyrie Irving we're talking about. And what do we also know about Kyrie Irving? When he's with LeBron, he can win at the highest levels. When he's not, he's never played in a game past round two. Yep. That's just in, in Boston, the one year he was on the team and they made round three, he didn't play in the playoffs. In Brooklyn, they haven't made it past round two with him. And so I, the Nets are in a tricky spot. And we're going to talk more about the you know, their future with Durant in just a moment. But I understand the Nets not wanting to give Kyrie Irving a five-year max contract guaranteed yeah. given how he's conducted himself given how little he's been available to play, 103 of the 226 games. But they also have Kevin Durant going into year 16. They have this team where they don't have any of their future picks. The idea of, oh, we'll take a step backwards, that to me is illogical. So they're in this tricky place, and anybody else, any other player in the league, the threat of going to the Lakers for $6 million would be simply a hollow threat. Kyrie Irving, who gave up close to $20 million to not get a vaccine that more than 1 billion people have gotten. Kyrie Irving, who gave up his Nike contract because he trashed the shoes on Twitter. Kyrie Irving has made a lot of decisions that financially don't make a ton of sense. <laughs> and I know he and LeBron have reconciled. I know that. I know LeBron would sign off on it. And... You know, I, I've been saying for a long time, Kyrie for Russ, that was back when Kyrie wasn't playing for the Nets and they were getting nothing out of that roster spot. Right. I don't think the Nets would be interested in it. I don't think the Nets would be interested in helping facilitate this. But if Kyrie goes to them and says, I am leaving, I am walking away, I'm going to sign for the $6 million. do you want to do a sign-in trade? Then they have real decisions to make. And then it gets very complicated with Durant, which I think we're going to talk about right here. Go ahead. Let's see Russ play with KD again. Well, Maybe you know, Kyrie and a couple of, I mean, Russ and a couple of picks for, for Kyrie. It would be incredibly fun, man. Yeah, man. It would be, it would be, and by the way, we have seen Russ and Harden together in Houston. Right. We have seen Harden and Durant together in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. The one we haven't seen is Russ and KD 
together. Now, I don't think Brooklyn would want it. And I don't know that KD would want it. Right. Uh, you know, Russ is not the player he was in 2016. And in 2016, KD walked away from him. But no. the Kyrie thing, one other thing on the Kyrie thing, the Nets turned their entire franchise over to him, to him and KD. Yeah. They let them, they said, we want DeAndre Jordan. They did it. They were pissed Kenny Atkinson wasn't starting DeAndre Jordan. They ended up firing Kenny Atkinson. They wanted Steve Nash. They hired Steve Nash. They wanted them to trade for James Harden. They traded for James Harden. They said, you're not going to be able to be a part-time player. They then flip-flopped and said, you can be a part-time player. Now, all of a sudden, they want to get strict. That's hard, man. It's hard to operate one way, make make someone think you're going to have carte blanche. Kyrie, at the end of the season, says he's going to sit down with Joe Sy and Sean Marks and plot the future of the franchise, and now they're like, we, we're we not even going to give you the contract you think you deserve. We're drawing a line. It It's easy to do that if that's what you've been doing from the beginning. It's much more difficult to change course, and I do wonder what it's going to mean for Durant, which I think we're going to talk about right here. Yep. Katie is also causing a stir up in Brooklyn. He's yep. upset that the front office didn't, quote-unquote, grow to understand Kyrie Irving. Yep. Uh, there's talk that Durant could walk and possibly get the biggest trade package in the NBA in, in NBA history. Will the Nets be Ben Simmons' team here shortly? Well, that's their concern. So this is why they are playing a very dangerous game with Kyrie. Because, uh, listen, if Kyrie were to say, I'm leaving, I don't think KD would demand a trade immediately. I think KD would play out this year. But I think if they if they lose Kyrie for nothing or next to nothing or just a minimal return that doesn't help them win, I think KD would play this year and then next year ask out. And over the next five seasons, their draft pick either goes directly to the Rockets or the Rockets have the ability to swap picks with the Nets. So if the Nets have a better pick, the Rockets say, we get it and you get ours. Right. So if the Nets over the next five years bottom out, they get no benefit of it. They don't own their own draft rights, which is the exact situation they were in after they traded for Pierce and Garnett. And then Pierce only played, Pierce played two years for them. Garnett only played one year for them. They never made past round two with those guys. And all of a sudden, they're, they're out in the desert for a half decade trying to rebuild their team while Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who were their draft picks, but Boston ended up getting them because Boston had their draft owned all their draft rights. Right. They're now putting themselves to be in that exact same position, which is why, as batshit crazy as it sounds, I might give Kyrie Irving the full max. Because the nuclear winter is if Kevin Durant asks out and you don't have your picks. Yeah. Now, yes, would you get a good trade package for Kevin Durant? Of course you would. Would it be the biggest package ever? I don't think so. Because if we're talking about Kevin Durant asking out when he's in his mid to late 30s, I, I don't think you would get, I think you'd get unbelievable trade package, but nothing, you don't have any young players on your roster as is other than Cam Thomas. You don't have any draft picks. You don't have a ton of financial flexibility. You've got this Ben Simmons contract. And that's the other thing, if I were Kyrie Irving, I'd be saying, I'd be like, guys, you don't want to give me a max. You essentially gave Ben Simmons a max when you traded for him and he's on a max contract. Right. He never played for you. So, the Durant thing is super fascinating, and that is Kyrie's single best piece of leverage because I don't think Kyrie necessarily wants to leave because he likes being at home. He lives in New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. He likes that part of it. But 
the idea that Durant might say, this is not what I signed up for. And there's just a lot of things the Nets have done that if they had to do over again, obviously they would have done the opposite. The Harden trade ends up being a total disaster, not only because you only got one season out of Harden, essentially. Right. And I understand you got Ben Simmons back. And not only because you traded Jared Allen, who made an all-star team, Karis LeVert, who can score, you got you you gave away your depth, but you also gave away all the, the reason they don't have those draft picks is not because of the Kyrie or KD acquisitions. It's because of the Harden trade. If they hadn't made the Harden trade and they had their own draft picks, the idea of Kyrie walking and trading Durant and you know bottoming out temporarily wouldn't be so terrifying. So they got but the picks to rely you, on. You, but you don't have those picks anymore. So the Harden trade was a massive mistake. I believe hiring Nash was a massive mistake. And I believe flip-flopping on the Kyrie part-time player thing is one of the reasons Harden asked out and I think that was a massive mistake. So they've made all these massive errors. And if it leads to them finally drawing a line in the sand on Kyrie, which then leads to Durant saying, I don't want to be here. Talk about fumbling the bag. It'd be an all-time screw-up from a team that was the Vegas favorite in back-to-back years to win the whole thing. All right, what's next? Brian Windhorst says the Cavs may be quietly trying to clear cap space. Yeah. If they don't resign Levert and Sexton, yeah. maybe they're going for LeBron. Yeah. What do you think the chances are that LeBron and Bronny end up in Cleveland? Well, so listen, this we're talking about not for this coming year, but for next year. Because right now LeBron's contract with the Lakers only goes one more season. And when you survey the landscape of teams with young players that are, you know, on the uptick that could be a championship core, Darius Garland was an all-star. Evan Mobley is going to be awesome. He, yeah, he was, in my opinion, it should have been rookie of the year this past year. No disrespect to Scotty Barnes. Evan Mobley was sensational. And so the quet there's I'll get to the Brownie part in a moment. But the question's like multi-layered. The first question is with what you think Mobley's gonna be in two years, what Garland's going to be in two years, is LeBron going to be good enough to be in two that. years? Two, well, no, because they would sign him outright. They would keep those guys. Is he going to be good enough with those two guys to win a title? Where if LeBron's your best guy, Evan Mobley's your second best guy, and Darius Garland's your third best guy, is with is that team good enough to win the title? And the answer to that is yes, if LeBron stays close to the level at he was this past year. Especially he was 30 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists on great efficiency. But we're asking LeBron now to do that in year 21 in the league, he turns 38 this season. So in the year he turns 39, that's a big ask. It's a really big ask. The other thing that I think every team needs to understand, and this is the Bronny part of it, Bronny theoretically will be draft eligible, not next year's draft, but the draft after that. So we're talking about for year 22, LeBron. So this year coming up to year 20, he's going to be with the Lakers. Year 21, we're talking about maybe he could be with the Cavs. Year 22 is Bronny's draft eligible year if he's a one and done. I believe LeBron, whatever contract he signs and with whomever he signs it after this coming season is going to sign a one-year deal because he wants to be a free agent when Bronny comes into the league if for no other reason than to greatly incentivize a team to overdraft Bronny 
knowing he'll be a package deal with it. So there's that element of it. The other element, and to me, that's an interesting question, is this. How much money does LeBron want to get paid? So he's been a max guy every year of his career, obviously. He's still obviously a super max guy. I think guy. he'd take a lot less money to, for a chance at a championship team than a chance to play with his son. I'm sure he would take less for a chance to play with Bronny. But I'm talking about this little small window but it, for not this coming year, but the year after when Bronny's going to be a freshman in college. The question is, is LeBron, let's say he this year has another amazing season where he's like 28, 7, and 7. Right. That is a max level player. Will he take less, though, in order to build the best team around him wherever he goes? And maybe the most interesting part of the will he take less is this. My whole life, guys who take less get so much plaudits and applause for it. Tim Duncan took less team guy. Dirk took less team guy. Tom Brady, part of his legend, he takes less. I Mark this tape. I guarantee it. If LeBron James takes less to go somewhere, you know what the commentary will be? Oh, stacking the deck. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't win straight up. Oh, you got to tell you, make it as easy as possible. A billionaire. Yeah, man. absolutely. <laughs> um, and so all of those, but the fact that Wendy is saying they're clearing cap space makes it sound like LeBron's plan is not to, you know, go in on the veterans minimum somewhere and sign up for a team that's already ready to go. All right, last, Draymond. See, everybody knows about your back and forth with KD. Mm-hmm. But his former teammate, Draymond Green, has started calling you out, too. Mm -hmm. uh, he did last week, and then he doubled down on this weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts? We, uh, we've actually I think we can play up, it, right? Let's up. play it, and then I'll respond. On the old pod. Nicholas Wright. How you doing? A lot of hot takes. <laughs> you admitted the other day. We make hot takes. Analyze the game, my man. LeBron could go one for 19. Nick Wright going to say he, he made one shot. And he was the best player on the floor. What happened to the days of, again, analyzing the game, honest opinions? Back to your boy, Nicholas. You spoke all of that stuff about Andrew Wiggins. You spoke all of that stuff about how the Warriors were done and, like, would never win again and, Steph needs to leave Golden State and blah, blah, blah. And then, once you're wrong, you then try to go on TV the other day or whatever you were on and say, that's what we do. We make hot takes. And, uh, no, no, no. You wrong, brother. You got to stand on that. Those hot takes don't just get the roll off. See, that's what y'all accustomed to. I say they make these asinine statements, and then once I'm done, it's just over. No, 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 no. You got to stand on that. Changing your opinion in the middle of the... No, 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 brother. Stand on that. Stand on your word. It's so, important to stand on that. Not just flipping and flopping and all this. Okay, and that. so here's what... What do you oh, stand for? Okay, so here's a few things. First of all, Draymond still thinks I switched to the Warriors, not from the yeah, Warriors. Yeah, which is pretty bad. Draymond also is very confused on me saying we don't analyze the games. I obviously never said that. And I'm doing a whole 50-part series on NBA history. <laughs> um, but here's the other thing Draymond has learned. I think, oh, go ahead. I think Draymond's learning that he's not going to win another finals and that he's got to just sulk no, in this moment. That's, to talk, but uh, go ahead. that's not what he's learned. And I lied. I guess we're not going to hit the clock uh -huh. today. Next, Draymond ruined it. Draymond ruined it. It was a longer soundbite than I expected. 
Here's what Draymond's learning, okay? Oh, wow. This content creation business, it keeps going on every day, even if there's no sports going on. And Draymond is now already (laughs) in reruns. The stand on it. Nick writes Andrew Wiggins' opinion. (laughs) Oh, this this got some traction when I did it two weeks ago. Let me run it back. That's a great point. of course, That's because he's got nothing new there. to say. <laughs> because Draymond, Draymond does a little basketball talk. But what Draymond really is, is not a basketball analyst. He's a media critic. Dr- and Draymond is running out of content. people, yeah. and he's running out of content. And so he's like, all right, let me re-rack this. Let me re-rack the Nick Wright take. And you know what? My new shine of paint, my new coat of paint, I'm going to call him Nicholas. <laughs> That'll throw him for a loop. So this idea, he keeps saying stand on it. Here's the deal. No one has ever owned an incorrect take more than I owned the Andrew Wiggins take. I'm the one that tweeted it back out for the world the moment the Warriors beat the Mavs. I never ran from it. But this idea that there is some, that there should be a, a, what's the word? An expectation. That to if we never get, be wrong. To either never be wrong or to never admit you were wrong is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. And this other idea, and Draymond doesn't, he's a sharp guy, but he doesn't understand the hypocrisy of this because he clearly believes that folks who didn't play, that our ability to evaluate or criticize players is minimal. Okay, well, Draymond. Are you a professor? Were you trained broadcaster? Did you go to broadcasting school? Have you been doing this for 20 years? Did you go through all the steps of local radio and then mid-market radio and then national radio and then small television? Did you? And by the way, the answer is no. Does that mean he shouldn't be able to criticize those in the media? Of course it's not. But it's the exact same logic. If I were to be like Draymond Green. Well, what do you know about my field? You figured it out. Now you're having some missteps. You're misquoting me a bit. You're getting your facts wrong. You're already, you know, so starved for content that you're just <laughs> rerunning these same takes. But that's fine. It's hard, man. It, it it's and by the way, he can do what I do at a closer level to what I do it than what I would be able to do what he does. Yeah. I would be a zero out of a hundred on the court for the Warriors. Draymond. As far as, you know, media guy, at times he's good. At times he's he's a little redundant and a little self-congratulatory, but that's fine. He'll learn. The other thing he's going to have to learn is this. At some point, the audience is going to expect some criticism of guys you don't want to criticize. And that's where for a lot of the guys, he's he's starting these fights with Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. He's mad that as a former player... Perk attacked, you know, criticized him. That's that's always the hard part in the transition from player to media member. It, it's why Barkley, a lot of people are mad at him, but it's also why Barkley is the best in the game at it. So listen, I'm excited for it. Draymond and I have a lot of mutual, very close friends. So at some point, I think we'll sit down together and hash this out. But I also think he's realizing, oh, damn, I got another podcast to do. Oh boy! Don't get this podcast. You, you okay? Yeah, <laughs> and and I am I'm going to be very impressed when he has some original content because the latest episode that that was lacking sorely. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Also, did you realize that was Draymond's first podcast since the championship podcast? I, I didn't know. So that's, they won the championship on the 16th. So that's this is the 17th. So he had 10 days to come up with some material. <laughs> Do something. I, you know what I would, you know what I'd be interested in? Now I like lists. But Draymond called himself the greatest defensive player ever. I would like to know who he thinks the greatest defensive <laughs> players in league history are. For real. Like his thoughts on Akeem Olajuwon, on Tim Duncan, Ron Artest, Ben Wallace. He said that when? In the last podcast? No, he said that during the regular season this past year. Oh, that he thinks the greatest defensive Jaylen player Jalen Brown was cooking. I just... <laughs> well, Jalen no, Brown can barely dribble the ball. I would... There's a lot of things... Listen, Draymond might end up being awesome at media. He certainly has the pathway to it. But the, the other question for all these guys is always this. When you've made that much money, are you is are you going to be motivated and incentivized? I do 240 TV shows a year. 240 shows a year, another 100 podcasts, plus the podcast guest stuff I do. These are the things. Like, now, Barkley doesn't work that much. And I think maybe Draymond, but Barkley still during the NBA playoffs, he's working a lot. Right. And Barkley made good money, but also gambled a ton and didn't make today's day money. It's always, I mean, one podcast in the last two weeks and he's, he's already in repeat. It's not great. All right. You ready to go? Let's do it. All right. Time now for, hey, will I hit the clock? Who knows? At this point, I promise things it doesn't happen. My apologies. But we're playing. You guys, you guys said this is a new game. This is a new game. It's uh, uh right or wrong. It's a new. We haven't yeah, played this game got, before. We haven't. Um, but we've got. I think we've got like two or three games at this point with right in the name. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. Fourth, new game. Fifth game. We've come. All up right. With right or wrong. Let's do it. Yeah. Everyone thought Jabari Smith was going number one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, maybe even you, lost money betting on that. Mm-hmm. Instead, the Magic took Boncaro, who didn't even work out with the team. Mm-hmm. So, right or wrong. Boncaro was right at the number one big. Okay, I, you're right. I thought it was going to go Smith, Holmgren, Boncaro, Ivy. Instead, the, I should have known the Kings would screw up the fourth pick and they wouldn't even, they wouldn't, they would have the biggest reach of the first round like they seem to always do and Ivy would fall to five. You got to love what Detroit was able to do, staying there, getting Ivy, they, if Cade Cunningham, kind of like what they're building there. So, but that's not the question you asked me. I said the day of the draft that I thought Paulo was the safest, meaning I think he's the least, I think he is the surest fire thing to be a good NBA player. I think the most upside was Jabari. Now, if you're the Magic, do you want to go safe or do you want to go upside? Or maybe they thought Paulo was, had the most upside as well. I know a lot of people think the most upside's Chet. I just, I would have taken Chet fourth or fifth. Like I would have taken Ivy ahead of Chet. I would have considered Shaden Sharp just based on his high school profile alone, and then I would have been comfortable with Chet at five or six. But what I find fascinating about the Magic is they never interviewed or worked out Paulo. 
And the, the only explanation for that is, oh, it was subterfuge. But you have the number one pick. Nobody can jump ahead of you. Right. You have the number one pick. <laughs> so I don't know exactly why they went about it the way they did. With that said, I love him as a player. I don't think any of these guys are superstars. I don't think any of these guys are going to be Anthony Edwards. And I didn't think anyone in last year's draft, by the way, was going to be a superstar. Now, maybe Mobley will turn into one. I, I think Cade's really good. I don't think he'll be a superstar. But there's the, the last draft pick that I felt going into the draft is a franchise-changing guy was Luka. And the next one that I think coming into the draft is a franchise-changer is the French kid, Win Banyama, who's 7'2 with like a 7'7 wingspan. He's unbelievable. Uh, the, the last, what was the last American player that I thought going into a draft could absolutely change the trajectory of your franchise? Deer and Fox. I did love Fox. Just because I watched, but I was biased. I did think maybe that you might be right that I thought that about Fox. Yeah. I just watched oh. Fox score 40 and a half in an AAU game. I was yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was the summer I was coaching you in AAU yeah, and traveling I around. Got and I just kept too. watching De'Aaron Fox just cook everybody. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, so, Wolge destroyed gamblers during the draft. Mm-hmm. He reported the incorrect. Uh, Sorry, yeah. reported the incorrect draft order in the morning mm-hmm. and then spoiled every pick at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, others do the same in the NFL draft. So right or wrong, Twitter has destroyed the draft. Wrong. I never have understood this complaint. They're not scrolling tweets on the broadcast. <laughs> if you don't want it spoiled, don't don't read Twitter. Exactly. And you, by the way, you can still tweet without reading Twitter. It's so crazy. We didn't discuss this before, but that was my exact take on the situation. Uh, I, I've never... I feel like it's an obvious one, though. No, but I've <laughs> never understood. This is one of those things people complain about, but it is totally self-inflicted. Yeah, it's funny it, you say something about this because we didn't have a conversation about this or anything, but I had a very similar take. Like, it, it's the, the right exact take. same thing. Guess what? It's like someone saying, like, I like to be surprised by what the weather is going to be like when I walk outside. So I'm angry at the Weather Channel app. <laughs> Don't open it. Like, it's still available to you to be surprised. You can just watch man. the draft if you don't want to have the pick spoiled. So totally wrong. It's a, it, it's a ludicrous complaint. All right, what's next? Uh, Benedict Mathurin mm-hmm. is not moved by the NBA. Says LeBron is going to have to prove that he's better than him. He says, quote, oh, really? Yeah. He says, quote, unquote, a lot of people say he's great. I want to see how great he really is. I don't think anybody is better than me. He's going to have to show me that he's better than me. Right or wrong? Benedict, uh, Benedict calling out LeBron is bad. Uh, listen, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate the moxie and the confidence. I don't know that I would have gone with the. LeBron James has to prove he's better than me approach. The funniest part to me is a lot of people says that he's great. Like, uh, what do you mean? Well, right. That's the other thing. Is the I mean, LeBron's been in the league for almost every single moment. This young man's been alive. <laughs> and so the idea that he's like, hey, I, I've heard good things, but I don't know. But now I do respect the I always think I'm the best player type of thing. And that is what's hard for rookies is that they, you know, they come into a league and they're not the best player on their own team, much less the best player <laughs> in the whole league. But I also, let me see. I want to check the schedule here. 
Oh, we don't have the schedule yet. I can't check the schedule. I'm an idiot. I was going to say when they play each other for the first time. I'll they- be watching his first game. I, I don't think that uh, Go I'm ahead. not big on like, you know, oh, I want to see this rookie. I like now what what he has done is created a buzz around himself, I believe, because like I, for one, would not have been like, I got to see Benedict Matherin's first game or no, Mathurin. Sorry. No, but, but no, you're fine. I'm um, very motivated. By the now. way, he was one of a number of Canadians. Drafted in the first round. Big Canadian contingent. Everyone riding that Andrew Wiggins wave. Yeah. He's also Canadian. Listen, I watched him in college. I think he won Pac-12 player of the year. So I give him credit. And, and you know, he's top 10 pick of the draft. But yeah. he's on the so he's on the Pacers. So he'll play LeBron twice this coming year. This is the other conference. I I'm gonna go ahead and guess. LeBron will be aware of this and will do his best to have a couple moments with him, especially because, listen, they, he plays wing like LeBron, so they could match up against each other. Dude, I, that's so scary. I don't mind him saying, you know, Chet said, Chet was asked a few months ago, who's the best player yeah, in the NBA? And the he best. said me in, in a few months. But the whole, he's going to have to show me <laughs> He's better than me is maybe a bridge too far. All right, what's next? So, uh, all right, sweet. The Rockets are practicing with a four-point line. Uh, sorry, the Rockets are practicing with a four-point line in their facility. Uh, right or wrong, the four-point line should exist in the NBA. Absolutely should not exist. It's wrong. And I want to oh, show you wrong. a graphic because this, to me, is an issue with the NBA. Is Kurt Goldsberry does all these maps. He like he's like basically part NBA guy, part cartographer, where he shows shooting zones. And I'm trying to find the one that I saw just the other day that where he talked about shot distribution in the NBA now versus a decade ago. Because the oh. I adding a four point line would simply further make it to where long jump shots are the only shots people take other than threes. I'm sorry, other than layups and shots in the paint. And I don't think that is good for the health of the sport. I think that, if anything, the league should go to a true arc, not flattening it out in the corners. That way, there is no corner three, because, and that way the mid-range starts to have a bit of a comeback. Because I understand the math of it. I understand why folks don't want the, what, why the mid-range is a bad shot. But I just, I think aesthetically speaking, the league was better when there was more diversity of offense. You say it might, wouldn't be healthy for the sport. I think it'd be a lot healthier for the players. What do you mean? Like as far as, I think there would be less, you know, pounding down in the paint. Uh, I think that people are going to be taking further shots. so There's going to be less contact. But, you know. That's true. But the flip side of that is uh, guys have to cover so much more ground yep. now defensively and that would be exacerbated even further if they went to a four-point line listen they're not going to a four-point line there's the graphic thank you uh here it is so if you look at the most common shot location 20 years ago it was all over the court most common shot locations this year it is in the restricted area in the paint in the dead middle and then just threes nothing in the mid-range and to me that has made the game a little less fun to watch because everyone is bombing threes. And that seems to be the focal point of the offense. A four point line would make it even more so that the real way to fix it. And I've said this before 
is to switch the scoring from threes and twos to fours and threes, but that will never happen. The reason that would fix it is because then the premium on the three-point shot, which will be a four-point shot, would only be a 33% premium instead of a 50% premium. It's the same reason why when you're playing pickup, if you play by ones and twos, it it just comes down to who has the best shooter because it's 100% premium. But they'll never change it to fours and threes because people don't like math and because it would ruin the record books. All right, what's last? Okay, well, we've got an unwritten uh, no baseball rule on this show. Uh Uh-huh. But... This has to be seen. All right, let's see. Right or wrong, you can do this. Skeeter's the only other team aside from the Patriots and the Ducks with double-digit wins on the young season. The 1-1. Cordulo swings and fouls it off towards the broadcast booth. And I make the catch on the foul ball. I am very proud of myself. I hope somebody got video of that. As I caught it on the fly. (laughs) Oh. And it's a one-two count. All right. Boy, am I impressive. What a play by me. Great job by that guy. So a few things. First of all, did you hear the team he mentioned? He said the Skeeters are the only other team. That's the Sugarland Skeeters. So yeah, yeah, so that's the, we used to live just a few blocks from where they play. The Skeeters weren't in that highlight. That's where I learned how to drive. So that that is where you learned how to drive. That is absolutely right. Um, Could I do that? Unfortunately, I must admit, I've been in a position to do that when I used to cover the Royals, where a foul ball came into the press box, and I did not snag it. What? I mean, did you touch it? I attempted to <laughs> snag it, and it went through my hand and hit the wall. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I know for a fact that I could not do that. Jeez, for a fact. I mean, that was one of one. You don't know if it, if it come on, man. You got to give yourself I don't, a little listen, bit more. Not a great baseball player. Uh, not a great baseball. I know my not a great catcher. I don't even think that's just. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to grill you right now or anything, uh-huh. but you're saying you're not a great baseball player. Uh-huh. It's, it's not catching an item. Like it's it's a it's a baseball. Uh-huh. I'm not a great baseball player, and I feel like I could definitely do that. Well, with the mic on and everything. I don't know that you could. First okay. of all, um, maybe you could. You have good coordination. You're a good athlete. Baseball is different though, because I have great. I'm a great catcher of a basketball. No, 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 no. Okay, when it comes to footballs, right? But I baseball's tough. They're hard. They're coming fast. They you are kind of scary. It. You got to track it. <laughs> There's a little fear if you're not used to it. It's a little harder. We have during the pod a little breaking Kyrie Irving news. We'll do that to wrap up the show next. What's right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? We have a little bit of breaking news while we're recording the pod. Christian Winfield DeMonze uh, of the New York Daily News just wrote an article. says, Kyrie Irving has requested and received permission from the Nets to find sign-and-trade offers from other teams. Kevin Durant still hasn't spoken to the Nets front office. Russell Westbrook to Brooklyn remains unlikely. So this is where I'm really a master and this is where we break out the old trade machine. 
and we see what the possible teams are. So we're going to go NBA trade machine, not the one that ESPN uses. There's a better one. Fan Spo has it. And we see which trades can work. So let's start with Miami, which was on his list. Miami is flatly not trading Bam or Jimmy Butler. I guarantee you they're not trading either one of those guys for Kyrie. But what they could do is trade Kyle Lowry, and they could include Tyler Hero. Kyle Lowry for Tyler and Tyler Hero for Kyrie Irving. Does that trade work against the cap? That trade works against the cap. That's a possibility. It's a nice little. A nice little. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we can adjust people's contracts and such. But that trade works. Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. That one works. The next one that to me there's a real possibility of would be the Los Angeles Clippers. So they are not trading Kawhi or Paul George, but I'm sure they would trade Norman Powell. I'm sure they would trade Marcus Morris, and then you could probably get them to include Terrence Mann, who's a young player and has some value. Those two players, they don't have any picks to include, though. Does that trade work? That trade works. Marcus Morris, Norman Powell, and Terrence Mann for Kyrie Irving, that trade works. Would the Nets do that? Maybe. Would the Clippers do that? I would say absolutely the Clippers would do that, and they would have a dynamic threesome in Kawhi, Paul George, and KD. I mean, Kawhi, Paul George, and Kyrie. Now, the other teams that were on Kyrie's list, the Knicks could trade you picks and bad contracts. I don't know that they want that. The Mavs, could could the Mavs make it work? Assuming, let's say Jalen Brunson is gone. Could the Mavs, because you're not going to do a Jalen Brunson sign and trade. They could send Dinwiddie back and... Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie and Bertons or Din- Dinwiddie and Hardaway, but I don't know that the Mavs want to get in the Kyrie business, to be honest. Yeah. I honestly He's a liability, know man. I know the Lakers would want to get involved, but the Lakers can't make a trade work unless, unless A, it's this massive trade that involves Anthony Davis, and then you also have to get Ben Simmons back. Or if the Nets wanted Russell Westbrook, which I don't think they do. And so... For the Lakers, sign and trade is very unlikely. The other question is, and I find this one interesting, is Kyrie willing to accept a contract from another team that is the same type of contract he turned down from the Nets? And I think the answer to that is yes. So by that, I mean Kyrie wanted the full max. Nets wouldn't give it to him. Say the Nets offered him two years at max money with a team option for year three. Partially guaranteed year three. And Kyrie was offended by that. That doesn't necessarily mean he wouldn't accept that from another team. So that, I'll use again, different levels of negotiation, of course. But when I was leaving Kansas City, radio-wise, and I wasn't sure if I was going to leave or not, I was wildly insulted by their initial contract offer to me. They then made another one. I still thought it was way out of whack. I then got the job offer in Houston. Houston offered me the exact same amount of money that Kansas City offered me at the end. And I happily took Houston's because I felt like Kansas City had taken me for granted and insulted me, even though it was the same amount of money and Houston was actually a more expensive city. So I don't think every team that wants to sign and trade for Kyrie necessarily has to give him the same contract the Nets were going to give him. Uh, But I do think that 
the the Lakers' only path is really that six million dollar mid level, and that's a whole lot of money for Kyrie to leave on the table. Yeah, it's Kyrie, so it's possible, and I do think that's where he wants to go. And so, seems like a lot of this is maneuvering to get back with LeBron and yep. try to win a title. I'd love to see it. I, I I think it'd be a great story, and I think the Lakers would be awesome. I don't know if financially they could do it. They could have done it if they hadn't traded for Russ, but yep. such is life. All right, there's today's show. We'll be back. Breaking for, news. Yeah, well, breaking news. Colorado Avalanche has won their first Stanley Cup in 21 years. They get their name engraved on the Stanley Cup. Uh, Nathan had a great game. I don't remember his last name, but he scored two points. Um, okay. I just thought we'd bring hockey in here. Okay, it's not points hockey in hockey. It's goals. Goals. Sorry. They don't uh, get love, is this so. the thing you were spo- you supposedly knew more about than me? It's not supposedly I did. What did you know more than me? That Nathan scored two points. You don't even know. Is Nathan his first goals. or last name? It's his first name. And there's no points. It's goals. Two okay, goals. don't listen. Hey, new rule on the show. Guys, prep like Demonze better if you're going to ask him to talk hockey. That's first of all. Second of all, we're not talking Colorado. Congrats to the Colorado Avalanche. But until Patrick Waugh walks back through that door, it doesn't matter anything to me. We'll talk to you guys in a couple days. 